I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brain Show. Yeah, it's the show for the Renaissance person, the polymath, the multi-potentialite. We discuss a variety of things because, you know, well, we love a variety of things. So enough with the niches, man. Enough with always doing things the way we're supposed to do and everyone else tells us to do it. Enough with the mainstream. It's time to rage against the man, right? Or no. Okay, well, let's just rock it. You are the man, Brian. (laughs) So don't rage against me then. (laughs) Don't rage against the man. Wasn't there a band called like Rage Against the the Matrix? The no no no, it was the the man the 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 Mango, Rage Against Mango Droplet. No, that's not right. I guess it was I the am Rage Against huh? Mango Droplet right now. Where is Seriously? She? You know, I've tried to reach out to her and I just feel offended nowadays because she never reaches out back to me. So I, I think maybe uh, we must have hurt her feelings or something. No, you no no, don't be offended and no we didn't hurt her feelings. She's okay. just She's one of those. I, I happen to know my wife's a medical professional, and she's nowhere sure. near the level of mango droplets training. So, yeah, yeah, those people work hard. I know that for a fact. I still am offended. And, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. All right. Well, I am the real Brian, joined by Captain Influence. Thanks for joining again, and Thanks thank you. For me back. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us here on this crazy, ridiculous show. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I mean, I got to talk about March Madness, though. It's very exciting. I've got some Captain Marvel review clarifications from last week. There, I, I think people may not have heard me correctly. They heard you correctly, ah, so good job. Really? But I want to make sure that people understand where I was coming from because I, you know, I got a little opinionated last week. So just want to clarify. Uh, Battlefield Five, man. We got to talk about that. Got some new music. HDMI truths and woes. Now there are probably a couple of you here who are going. Duh, Brian. But I'm going to say 99% of people don't know what I'm about to share here. So, yeah. TV show reviews and updates. Strategy versus just play the freaking game already, man. And, of course, more. So, yeah. Oh, oh, well, actually, can I just just say, wait, Bill and Ted have a third movie coming out? Seriously? All we are. Is dust in the wind, dude. Dust? Wind. Dude. 2020, dude. 2020, <laughs> Bill and Ted 3 comes out. Can uh, you same actors. This? Yeah. Same actors. Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are back after what? That came out in 89? 89 90? was the first one. Yeah. So. 91 was the second one. Ah, those were the days. You know, I thought it was 88, actually. Some people say 88, some was, people say 89. I don't know why, but I could have sworn I, it was 88. I thought it was 89. Anyway, yeah, I remember watching it with my cousin the first time. Uh, we were living in Scottsdale, and I became completely addicted to that film. I was, what, seventh grade at the time, I think. Addicted to the film, bought the film, bought the soundtrack on cassette, <sighs> listened to it all the time. Yeah. Became an extreme fan from that album. Very important movie in my upbringing. So, yeah. It's still an important movie on our upbringing. <laughs> Seriously, that movie, I watch it every single Christmas time. I don't what? know why. Yeah. I think that's when I started watching it was in December. So, once again, it's one of those movies that I'm like, I just got to watch it in December. But every year I watch it, man. It's a tradition. It's awesome. Yeah. Love that movie. You probably told me this before, but I still reacted like I hadn't heard about it. So, I'm not sure. Well, I, I've mentioned that I watch it, but I don't think. We've had, you know, this level of depth into the discussion about it. But yeah, it's a it's an exciting movie, man. And you know what? There are so many people today that have not seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It is an 80s movie. It is completely worth seeing if you ever get a chance. It's just funny, man. It's funny 80s. That's like going back and also watching John Cusack's Better Off Dead from 1985. Really classic, similar, hilarious, stupid 
you know, turn your brain off, but just great stuff. Now, Bill and Ted <laughs> two, I I think I've seen once or twice and I, eh, it's just yeah. not the same. I hope three's well, good, good, but I can't believe they're bringing the same dudes back. I just think it's great. They're going to finally make a third movie yeah. with the same actors. If it, was, if it was new actors or if they were remaking the old movie, it would suck. I don't know if I would be interested really, but yeah, I would but, not be you know, given that it's the same two guys and they're just that much older now, even in the, in the movie they are. So it's called Bill and Ted face the music. Nice. And it's comes out in 2020 sometimes. So probably summer if I had my guess. I agree with you that I would not want to see it if it were a remake or if it were different actors. It's kind of like the mm-hmm. dumb and dumber prequel they did with, you know, young oh, yeah. Harry and Lloyd. I never saw it. I didn't want to. I saw it and it was meh. So yeah, although the second one was bad when they came back and did dumb and dumber two with the original actors, you're just like, Oh, this was terrible. That's my only concern with this. <laughs> Is it going to be yeah. really bad? And of course, you it know, we don't be. have Rufus unless they do a CGI version, which could be kind of funny, actually, if they do it in a this very is, classy way. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is the age of really awful blockbuster films. So, yeah. I mean, good directors even often, in my humble opinion, have been making really bad movies in the last couple decades. It's weird. So we'll see. <laughs> Which is why I was such a huge fan of the Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You movies because they were not blockbuster films. Most people don't even know about those movies and they were completely, you know, underrated and they were just like, Oh my gosh, it's refreshing. It's a refreshingly good movie finally, because it's not a blockbuster. I think the blockbusters are just too much pressure, man. Maybe. Yeah. I have not Maybe seen they're under so much pressure that they don't vet their story writing good enough. Who knows? Perhaps I haven't seen really that many good blockbuster movies, you know, that just wow me over the last few years. In fact, I can't even think of any really that just like, oh, that was fantastic. Probably. What about Infinity War? Yes. Okay. That was fantastic. There's one. (laughs) Yes. Infinity War was amazing. Alita Battle Angel was really good, but man, I I don't know. Hey, whatever. It is what it is. Speaking of this, let me, let me clarify Captain Marvel really quickly. Mm. I've received just a few comments about my comments on the agenda stuff last week. Mm. And they were kind of like, what do you mean all the agendas? What are you talking about? I didn't see any agendas kind of thing. Um, that, and then also there were some like, I don't know if this was a question to me or if it was more of a rhetorical question, but I want to clarify it anyway, but it was the questions about, you know, what's wrong with the female superhero lead. And again, I don't know if that was directed at me or if that was more of a rhetorical thing, but I have no problem with the female superhero lead at all. And we that's know. kind of what I said last week is that I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm, I'm very happy for it. So that's one thing I'm going to say. The second thing was the agenda. You know, what, what's with the agenda? Why did you have a problem? Well, as I said in my review, this was not as big of a deal in the movie as people were making it out to be. There right. was an agenda in the movie, but as I've said, nowhere near to the extent that other movies and TV shows have recently done. So It didn't bother me that much, but it was there and it was the whole aspect of that, you know, women power and, you know, the men aren't as cool kind of thing and whatever, right? That's people have been doing this forever. It's been the reverse. Men are amazing. Women suck or, you know, white people are amazing and everyone else sucks or black people are amazing and white people. I mean, it's been going on forever. Everybody likes to put themselves up and push someone else down. That's what I meant or just, by or just place people in, in neat boxes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and what we said was everybody needs to shut up and respect each other, which I think that's the takeaway regardless. Sure. Because if we just respect each other, then everybody gets lifted up. Right. So I was saying that there is an agenda in the movie. It's not a large agenda and it's certainly nowhere very, near as pervasive as everybody was saying it was. It's there though. Right. But my whole issue goes back to, again, like taking Alien and Aliens, for example, you had Sigourney Weaver as Ripley and they didn't sit there and say, hey, look, hey, look, guys, everybody, hey, look, 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 there's a female in the lead. Hey, look, 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 we've got a female lead. Look, everybody, look, there's a woman in the, they didn't say, they just did it. Yeah. And it was awesome. And we loved her and we still love her. And great. Like, no problems. It goes back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer never once pushed. Yeah. An agenda, I don't think. 
It's certainly not, not I, the not lead female role agenda, that's for sure. Yeah, they so, just did it. So the tiny little, one little tiny part of Captain Marvel where they did that was kind of like, why are you guys doing that? But the rest of it, I mean, it's just, it was so, it was so small. But the, your point is why even have that little tiny part? And, yeah, and, I, and, and I somewhat agree. So. There were a few parts, but they were small. They were not in your face. Like like I said, right. some shows are in your face telling you what to believe kind of thing. This was there, but it was definitely more. It's not even subconscious, <laughs> but it was it was it was small. Right. My point right. being, and this goes back to the example I said last week, if I have to tell you that I'm funny, well, then I'm not funny, you know, or if I have right. to tell you, hey, my show's amazing just be amazing, you know, just be funny, just be what it is you're trying to get people to see instead of telling them that you're that person. That was all I was trying to say with it is that if they hadn't like tried to get our attention to the fact that there's a female superhero lead, I don't think anyone would even have noticed. I think we would have gone in and been like, this is great. This is awesome. And I'm glad we have this awesome female superhero, but nobody would be telling me that that's what it's about. I would just go in and be like, this is great. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's my, that's my whole point. So hopefully that makes a little bit more sense for people who are a little confused as to where I was coming from. So other than that though, booyah. Okay. Booyah. Booyah. Now. Yamo boo there. (laughs) Yamo boo. I like it. March madness, man. That is, uh, we'll see. We're at the sweet 16. Yeah, second day of Sweet 16 is today, and first was yesterday. Elite Eight is this weekend. So, man, the first and second rounds, very interesting. I'm a huge fan of watching this stuff more in the recent years. Last year, man, the first and second rounds were so exciting. They were close games. There were a lot of upsets. It was just a really cool year. This year, there's been a a few games that have been really close, really interesting couple of upsets, but a lot of blowouts and kind of surprising, you know, like how did, how did they get in here? Like, are the good teams really just that good or are some of these teams kind of like, did they kind of luck into it? I don't, it is what it is, but I find it fascinating. Now there were a couple of games where you'd have this blowout and this huge comeback and it was very exciting and all that, but yeah, just not as exciting and engaging this year. Interestingly, but still Mm. fun to watch. So have you, have you watched I, uh, any of them at all? I haven't seen a single game. I kind of saw little parts of a game in the back of the seat in front of me on the airplane last weekend, but uh, okay, that's it. So they, they have these funny commercials which are tied to the NCAA, but they are advertising. I think it was a credit card or something. I don't even know what the, I don't even know what the company is, <laughs> but it's this guy who's a fake commentator, sports commentator, and Anyway, it's a commercial, but at first you thought he was real because it said, now let's go to our, our specialist and it would go to him and he'd say, all right, thanks so much. And at one point he said, okay, so the tall guy gets the ball and he's going to pass to the other tall guy. And then that tall guy is going to pass to another tall guy. And then that guy's going to shoot. And then he just looks at the camera and smiles. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, sometimes they pass to a short guy who shoots. <laughs> exactly. But that's what he said. <laughs> well, then it turns out that it's like, Again, I don't even know who it's for, but it was talking about, you know, okay is not okay kind of thing or just okay is not okay. But then there's this one where he gets in and he says, all right, well, tell us about, uh, you know, some of your time as a player. And he goes, well, I'm a happily married man. I hardly think that's appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, a basketball player. Oh, (laughs) some of the commercials have been really funny this year. Much funnier than the Super Bowl. Let's just put it that way. Ironically, yeah, that's, that's not too hard these days. Go ahead. No, and they're tying it into the NCAA tournament, which has been also clever and good. And so a lot of fun. I've been enjoying it. Cool. But one thing I noticed that I thought was very fascinating to me, you know, I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that this is the show for a renaissance person. And I mentioned the, the term multipotentialite. I want to credit our friend Emily Wapnick, who runs the site puttylike.com. And she coined that term. But it's this idea where, hey, you know, we're a renaissance person. We have a variety of interests in this world. We may be the kind of person who's seen as, you know, you start something and then you jump to something else and you start that and then you jump to something else and, you know, ad nauseum the rest of your life. Because like with me, with with video gaming, 7Blue7 says, you know, he's a monogamous gamer. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely a polygamous gamer then for sure, because I'd like to go from (laughs) game to game to game. But it's not that I don't finish games. It's that I want to play 
five, six, seven games at a time. Give me variety. I don't want to sit there and just grind on one game over and over. I mean, I'm going to burn out. Like I want to yeah. continue to have that variety. I'm watching a variety of TV shows. I listen, you know, my music as, as you've seen in my Spotify is all over the place. You know, I don't listen to one yep. style that drives me crazy. So that's her view of a multi-potentialite. What she does is she goes in and says, I'm going to help you to like succeed in your career, whether it's in a job or whether it's an entrepreneurial thing with that personality. And so I love what she does. I'd, I'd love to have her on the show. She's so busy. I, I don't Please know if that'll do. ever happen, but I'd love to have her on the show sometime. That'd but anyway, great. the point being is that that this shows for the entertainment side of that. So going back to this ties in is that I'm watching the emotions of these college basketball teams that are losing in the tournament. And, you know, they're on the floor crying, you know, it's like their world has been shattered and I'm thinking players. Yeah. These are players and, right, and you know, course. coaches too, but you're, you're seeing this mostly with players and even like with fans and you know, the, the cheer squads and that kind of, you're seeing this on TV and I'm thinking as a Renaissance person, as a multi-potentialite, like, okay, if my team loses, okay, it's disappointing, but I got other things to look forward to, man. You know, I don't let losses like that, or even with most things really become too disappointing because of the other things that I have my hands in. So for example, you know, the Denver Broncos were huge a few years ago. And of course, you know, living in Colorado, I remember when the Broncos lost and I mean, literally people went into depression for a week <laughs> or two, literally. Like, I mean, it was disturbing how much people were depressed about it. And I'm thinking it's just a sports team. But then I'm realizing, well, if you eat, breathe, sleep, live, die, etc., that, that one thing. And in these basketball players perspective, you know, that's all they do. They play basketball. That is their life. That has been their life. School is a secondary, you know, they just want to play basketball all the time or they're, you know, on their consoles, gaming basketball. That's all they're doing. So if you lose, yeah, your entire life is wrapped around this one moment. So, I mean, there is a, there's a benefit yeah. to that. You know, if you put your entire all into one thing, you're going to be exceptional, right? And if you lose, it's going to suck. But like I said, as a, as a multi-potentialite, it's like, well, if something is a disappointment, okay, I'm moving on to the next thing. That's their poison. The There's lots of people out there who just throw themselves heart and soul into a team sure. of whatever, pick a sport. Yeah. Or and, anything. And yeah, and that's just it's it's game. like an anchor for them, and and I totally get that. It there's highs and lows of that poison, totally. and I can't relate to that particular one. So it's a blessing and a curse, though, because in one way, like I said, you pour yourself into that one thing, you're going to be exceptional at it as a player. That is, and I mean as a sports player, not as a you know mm. you know what I mean <laughs> as a fan. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I meant you know as a player. Anyway, no, as a fan, that's different. I to me, that's probably not healthy to be pouring yourself into one thing and then having it all lose because you're not a part of it. I mean, you are, but you're not, if you know what I mean. But I mean, the blessing of that is that you pour yourself into one thing, you become exceptional at it. The curse is you lose at it. It's your life sort of thing. The blessing and the curse of, you know, being this Renaissance person is that, yeah, something loses, you move on to the next thing. The curse of that is that you may never be a specialist or exceptional in one thing. So you know, we're all different, but it was just a very interesting observation to me. Last weekend, I had a bit of an exciting thing happen. Uh, yes. Battlefield 5 went on sale on Origin, and so I nabbed it. It was only 30 bucks, so I nabbed it. It's like half off. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's for the weekend last weekend or if it's still that cheap, but uh, yeah, I've, I've been waiting for this. That's the line I've been waiting for it to cross, and it finally hit it, so I grabbed it. And I got to tell you, I'm not disappointed at all. So I'm going to do a really quick review of the game, if that's okay. Please. Yeah. Oh, yes, please. All right. So if any of you are familiar with the Battlefield series, it's done by EA Dice. This is the, I'd say, fifth, sixth, fifth or sixth uh, iteration of the game, something like that. Um, Six, probably. It's called, Battlefield, it's called Battlefield 5. It's a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. They've gone back to uh, World War II, just like they did with the original Battlefield 1942. that came out in, what, 2000-something? Early 2000s? Mm-hmm. Anyway. So they went back to that genre, World War II history, and it was released late last year by EA Dice. So it's only been about four months, four and a half months it's been out, something like that. But the game is really, really visually striking. I was very impressed. I'm, I'm a big nice. graphics guy, yeah. which is why I hate Minecraft so much. I just don't like that style. But it's got extremely good graphics. I would recommend having a GeForce GTX 1060 Minimum. or better or whatever the uh, 
AMD equivalent of that is, uh, have at least a 1060 or better to really fully appreciate the graphics. Just wanted to throw some of the things I like about it. For example, when bombs go off, they actually, you can see them go off before you hear them. Oh. Now, how long has it been since yeah. anybody who's enjoyed combat first person shooters? I mean, even it's, it's, it's been so recent that somebody finally said, oh, it takes a few seconds or, or a few moments even for the sound of a bomb hitting 100 yards away to hit you. And so they, they finally actually addressed that in this game. It's really neat. It's, it, it just adds so much to the realism of it, you know? Yeah, finally. So I was thinking, you know, wow, that's great. What the heck took so long? Yeah. You know, if, when you're either in an anti-aircraft gun or in another plane shooting at other planes, depending on where you shoot, hit them, they break up in the air differently. Hmm. Again, which makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they do a lot of, so they have a lot of efforts towards more realistic combat. Very cool. In this game that I just feel like they could have been doing a long time ago, but it, it's nice to have now. Like in, if you shoot a person and again, I'm not, this is also crass because you're shooting people, but <laughs> if you shoot an NPC or another player, their their hands flap to their face. If you hit them in the head, for example. Oh, wow. Stuff like just little, details that you know you can appreciate if you like that type of game there was a time when i was running through a field of flowers and all of a sudden i heard this stuttering engine above me uh and i said hey i know what that sounds like i look up in the game and sure enough there's a v1 buzz bomb flying right over my head and then all of a sudden it cuts its engine and dives down to the ground and this huge explosion wow. as if it were yeah, as if you were there. I mean, if, if, if you studied World War II history or and military hardware, that's exactly what the V1 did. It sounded just like that and it flew just like it does in the game. It drops just like it does in the game. It explodes wow. the same way. It's, it's really, really neat. Um, it's a little, it's, it's not overwhelming, but it's just like, wow, this is really cool that they did that. Just the attention to detail was very impressive. In general, hmm. if you like first person you play, uh, it does have a series of story-based mini campaigns they call war stories, a la BF1, Battlefield 1, uh, about World War One. did the same thing. They established that precedent. And so instead of having a long campaign like Battlefield 3 and 4 did to play through, and maybe even 2, I can't remember, you have just these little vignettes that you play through uh, from different parts of the war. And they were pretty good. They were pretty challenging, more challenging than I expected, but that's because I kind of suck <laughs> at shooting things. I, uh, I can't aim very well, but I was just really impressed with the game. If you like FP, you know, first-person shooters and you're into World War II military history at all, you know, that combination of things, I highly recommend the game. So, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Is it good multiplayer so far? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's quite good. I play Battlefield 1, you know, where you're in World War One. Which I think it uses, I, I think the same gaming engine, maybe an upgraded version of it, but uh, a, a lot of the same uh, interface, combat interface, and everything as this new as Battlefield Five has. But I didn't like one very much. I didn't like how it felt when I played in first person. But this one is much, much more. It's just smoother. It's it's just better. Sweet. So, yeah. Good man. So yeah, play it if you like that kind of thing. Well, that'd be fun. I played Battlefield 2, Battlefield 2142, and parts of Battlefield 3 and 4. Never finished those. That's as much as I've played. But I actually did check. They're saying that there's 11 games plus expansions, I guess. Oh, okay. So yeah. I don't know if that's yeah, entirely I mean, yeah, true, but more than we thought. Right. So and Battlefield 1942 was the first one I played, and I played it I religiously. one. Like in 2001 or two, I just yeah. played Battlefield 42 all the time. So yeah, that was the we first were, real first person shooter I played. We were playing two and 2142 in the mid 2000s. And then they, they did the weird thing too, where it was, you know, two and then blah, blah, blah. Then Battlefield one came out later. You know, they did that. Whole yeah, it reboot came out after four. So it went two, three, four, and then one, one. and then five. And yeah, it's just and now five. <laughs> So yeah, it's something like 11 games plus expansions. So that's crazy, but they're fun games for the most part. I 2142 was really interesting, but it had some problems when I mean, we played it for a while. And then we just got to the point where it's like, okay, this is kind of the same thing, but really enjoyed two. the problem we ran into with two is that people, that was the real first experience of angry gamers in the multiplayer <laughs> world for me, like angry gamer age. Yeah. They yeah. were so mad. 
you know, because you, you know, you're trying to figure it out. Well, like you're you said, in combat, you know? you're fighting in combat. Of course you're going to be aggressive yeah. and. Well, and you know, you're but, trying to figure uh, out the game and trying to figure out if you're any good or not. And people were just get so angry in that game. And so after a while, we just stopped playing because of that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if this is the same way, but it sounds really interesting. Yeah. And just because the fact that they're getting like the sound physics correct and the fact that even the planes, you know, like they're, they're actually getting things that are more realistic looking would be very fascinating to me just to see it Yeah, more than anything. Just else. the effects, what I'm most impressed with in this sure. game. So the you little know, details that, yeah. Apex legends just came out with the new battle pass. You know, it's like their big update. And if you pay, uh, well, there's a battle pass standard and then there's a battle pass deluxe or something like that. But the battle pass standard is you pay $10 for season one, which takes place over three months and it's going on. So it's not like you get a three month thing. It's that you basically get it for the remainder of season one. And then you got to pay for another one when season two comes out. But all it is, is you're paying for basically additional rewards that are cosmetic. So, you know, skins and, you know, things they say, banners, et cetera, et cetera. You know, nothing that actually affects your gameplay. It's just the look essentially. So people were saying, Hey, let's go out and pay for this. We'll pay $10 for this one. The deluxe is more. I don't know how much it is and you get more, but I think you can buy 25 levels or something like that. So you have your typical level and every time that you level, then you get a, what they call loot box kind of thing and you get rewards. Well, you also, because of season one, get a battle pass level. Now I get the battle pass level as well, but because I didn't pay for it, I won't get any of the rewards. But if I pay $10 or plus whatever the deluxe is, then I get the rewards per level. And so everybody was all excited. We played one night after this whole expansion or this update came out Mm. and we played for probably close to three hours. And that's for me, that's a long time to game. Yeah. Yeah. We got half of the first level in three hours. Didn't even get to the first level of that battle pass. Huh? And I'm like, that is a waste of money. That means you got to yeah. play at least six hours, at least just to get unless a level. You're really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're super good, in which case you'll level a little bit faster, but it's not going to be that much because part of the experience comes from how long you survive. So, I mean, you can go and hide and not fire, you know, not even get seen or whatever. And you're going to get decent amount of experience. Mm-hmm. But still, it's it's not that much. And so, yeah, after playing three hours, we got a half a level. So you play six hours, you you go to a level, and then each level gets harder and harder. You know, mm. which means it's more points. But it or, takes longer and longer, yeah. Yeah, it takes longer and longer. So I'm like, what a freaking cash grab. I'm kind of ticked at them for this. And the other thing that I saw with yeah. them is that they... Was it you telling me about this where it was the the gems or it might have been uh, our, our friend Furioso? Yeah, it wasn't me. Okay, somebody was talking about that the least amount that you can spend in this game is $10 and it gives you like a thousand of the, the gems or whatever the heck they're called in this game. I, I haven't played it enough to know all the terms, so I don't really care, honestly. <laughs> but anyway, you get a thousand, right? Well, the only thing you can buy is 1100 or up. So you just spend $10, you get a thousand gems, but you have to have 1100 to buy anything, which means guess what? Oh, you have to spend man. $20. Hey, oh, yeah. electronic art strikes again. Yeah. So you guys suck, man. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas There's something reason like why they're, they're fairly reviled in the gaming industry, but people keep buying their games anyway, but uh, uh, I'm playing them. And now to true. be fair, people are dumb. before you say, before you say, we're going to say to be fair, a subsidiary of EA made the battlefield series and they don't quite operate on that level. You do not have to spend a red cent after you buy those games Which to truly enjoy the game. Yes. It takes some time and a lot of gameplay to get unlock all your weapons. And you do have the option of just buying everything if you want. But you do. I mean, I, I don't ever feel like I need to do that in those games. Yeah. So yeah. what were we going to say? So games like Blade and Soul that we're playing and Guild Wars and some of those other games that also have a kind of a pay to play model. Although Guild Wars, you buy it and then everything's cosmetic as well. Blade and soul is the same way. Everything is cosmetic. You can earn stuff by grinding. If you want to do crafting and, you know, creating new armor and weapons and stuff, you can earn everything. If you want to grind, you can even earn outfits. So cosmetic stuff, but you can pay for stuff in stuff like blade and soul and guild wars, but blade and soul, for example, I think the cheapest monetary transaction is $5, but you actually get stuff with $5. Like you can actually exchange your $5 for the coins and buy things for $5. 
not everything. Right. But the point is, is that you're not getting baited into this idea. Well, I can spend $10, but I can't buy anything with it. I have to spend 20. Right. So that's pretty low. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. You know, with games (laughs) that say, Hey, you know, you can enjoy the entire game without ever spending a cent. But if you want to get there faster, if you want to guarantee something rather than grinding, then you can buy it. Fine. That's cool. Time money exchange. I don't have a problem with that. That's like the whole idea that podcasts are free, but you know, if you want to go back and listen to 155 episodes of the real Brian show and figure out where certain thing was that you wanted to know about, by all means, go for it. There's a lot of hours there that you can figure it out. If you want me to teach you that information quickly, that costs money, right? Sure. So there you go. So anyway, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the apex legend thing. The matching is not very good. I enjoy the game and I enjoy playing with Furioso and he's got a couple core workers we play with and I enjoy that, but mm. the game itself has a long ways to go in my opinion. Yeah. If you have buddies you're playing with and none of you mind the die quickly, start over, die quickly, start over. And then, you know, for like 20 times in a row and then have one or two really good games and mixed in there, but it's just fun to hang out and play. Yeah, totally. That's an awesome game. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But I will never play it solo. Ever. It's not yeah, worth it's it. a little difficult solo. So. Well, it's just not fun for me. And, my, yeah. and it is for people. The people that are really good at that kind of twitchy battle royale style, you're going to love it. But hey, speaking of gaming, and this actually goes along with basketball and some other stuff. I had a really funny observation recently, uh, and this has been going on for a while, but I saw this when we were watching the CSU women's basketball, especially play this last year. Because there were a lot of new players, a lot of rookies. They had some issues with transfers, losing some players, some new people coming in. People got injured. So they ended up using a lot more rookies, I think, than they were planning on this year. So part of it has to do with that. But there was still a very interesting observation that came from that. And also, I've seen this watching the NCAA tournament. And I've seen this also just in gaming in general. And this could probably go to anything. I mean, really, you could throw it into business or whatever. But... The idea of how important is strategy versus just play the freaking game already. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's it's interesting. So this started with the women's basketball. He would throw a bunch of new plays on them at times. So like, you know, they're running down the court. They're trying to figure out what they're doing. They're trying to figure out where they're supposed to be. You know, like, oh my gosh, I need to be under the basket. I need to be at the top of the, the key. I need to be over here, you know, on the side or just because we sit so close, you can see that they're not comfortable with their playmaking, their strategies that they're trying to learn. At times, somebody will throw the ball at them and they won't even be looking and the ball will right. hit the back of them because they're, they're more focused on trying to figure out their play and their strategy because they're not used to it yet. Or and when, when, when did you notice this? Watching CSU women's basketball. Okay, just this season in general. This season, yeah. And granted, and I told you why they're probably a little bit more prone to this because there's a lot more rookies and, you know, they're still learning their chemistry and that's fine. So nothing against the team. It was just interesting observations. And then also Hmm. part of it too is, you know, when you're trying to focus more on strategy rather than just playing the game of basketball and having chemistry with your teammates, it's like when I play the piano, if I'm more focused on the technical aspects of the piece that I'm playing rather than just feeling the emotion of the song and performing it, it's never going to be as good. Technical is important. Strategy is important. You know, playmaking is important. You need to have it. But when that trumps feeling it and just doing it to me, like it kills it. But the technical from what you're describing in that game, in those games you were telling me about that, the technical aspect is is important in the practice uh, phase. When you're yeah. executing at, in a game, I'm saying the sky is blue right now. That's where the practice yeah. is executed. And, and you are, by the time you actually play a game, you're supposed to be comfortable with those plays. It's yeah. almost like they didn't have a chance or didn't absorb the practice of the plays enough. I mean, that happens to teams all the time. But, sure. but that's what you're describing. They didn't practice enough for the plays he was throwing them yeah so like we had a band that i led at church for years and it was an amazing band great musicians johnny pistol shot was was the bassist really really amazing people that were in that band though so super super talented could pick things up we still had to sit down and practice and strategize and figure out you know how are we going to do this how are we going to take this song that we're going to play and sing and arrange it 
we never just did you know, the here it is and play it as is. We like, no, no, <laughs> let's make it our own. So we took a lot of time strategizing that, playing it, practicing it and everything. But I, my rule was if we're not ready to just go and perform the song and feel it and know what each other is going to do naturally without having to look at each other and figure out where everyone is, then we're not ready to perform it. That's just as simple as that. And so we'd get up on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night and we would, man, we just, it would flow. It was beautiful. Sometimes Good. it didn't work, but most of the time it did. So this takes me into a story. Johnny pistol shot and seven blue seven. You guys were involved in this, but we're playing the original guild wars and there was probably the toughest mission. Well, one of the toughest missions that we'd come across. And so there was strategy needed, but there came a point where it just kept becoming more and more strategy and more and more strategy and more and more strategy. And then we'd go in and we'd lose and we'd try again and we'd more and more strategy and more and more strategy and we'd go in and we'd lose it. (laughs) And okay. My personality is just like, dear Lord in heaven, I am so over this. Like I'm about ready to quit for the night. Now, granted that's me. I know seven blue seven. And to be fair to you, my friend, you, you know, strategy is fine. You're, you're good with this. This is fun for you. And that's good. So like, this is not against seven or Johnny in any way, shape or form. I just want to be clear on that. It's just my personality and observation. Well, I'm the quote Leroy Jenkins in the group. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, dude, let's just do this. And so at one point, I mean, we were losing and it was getting frustrating. So I looked up a video and my common, I picked out two things from the video. One is we needed to have what they call a minion master. And in this game, that is somebody who can basically control a bunch of minions that fight for you, which is good because that means more people on your team, essentially. So we needed to have a couple of those, quote, minion masters. That was one strategy. We only had one, and this guy, I think, had two. So we brought, oh, let's 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 do two then, or let's do three, or whatever we ended up with. And then the second strategy that I noticed is this guy, instead of trying to take every single enemy out on the map, which is what we were trying to do, he went straight for these four basically bosses. He just went straight for the bosses and he ignored all of the other people. And that's how he did it. And so I'm like, let's just go straight for the bosses. And the first time we didn't do that. I'm like, no, 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 let's go straight for the bosses. Let's like, let, let's go Leroy Jenkins. Let's go, you know? And they're like, no, no, wait, you know? And then we lost. And I'm like, no, no, we got to go straight for the bosses. And once we did that, we won. So again, nothing against Johnny and seven because now those those guys actually were correct on the strategy that if I would never have strategized, I would have gone in and died because, you know, I'm like, woo. So this is where there's the balance of we needed seven and Johnny's strategy. And we needed my Leroy Jenkins of just go straight for the bosses and just take them down. But again, this is gaming, learning this from basketball, music, mentioned that too. So I guess I just, I mean, maybe we've answered our own question, but my whole thing is, <laughs> you know, where's the balance, I guess, between strategy and just playing the game or just playing the music, you know what I mean? And I just thought it was an interesting observation, but any thoughts? I have to repeat what I said already. I think that the only place that strategy comes in is in the practice portion of your play to throw some alliteration at you. Uh, sure. I like that. I like that. <laughs> that it's just when, when you execute, when you're doing it for for real in the case of sports, you have to already have that strategy as second nature or the 10, the tactics that, that formulate that strategy has to be second nature. In other words, you have to have practiced and know you have to have situational awareness and, and, you know, know where your teammates are going to be know who's going to be throwing the ball potentially to whom, know who's supposed to be blocking whom. All the intricacy that goes into those plays has to have been practiced and polished before you compete. Now, in the case of a game where you're not really competing except in real time, you're not, I mean, uh, well, I guess it depends on the type of game. And in the case of Guild Wars, you know, you're not competing against anything but this AI in the machine. And so then that's where those YouTube videos come really in handy. Whereas yeah. in a first-person shooter like in Overwatch or in Battlefield or something like that, it always benefits the people who practice together. Yes, uh, They are always the best players uh, who practice as a, as a cohesive team and they play over and over and over again together the same game. And it's so funny that I say that because you and I know darn well that our group of gamers on Wednesday nights have been playing Overwatch for over a year now, right? 
<laughs> three years. And we're still awful. Three years, so. dude. Three uh, years, really? Yeah. And actually, that's funny you bring Overwatch up because I was just talking to Sarah about this, that I would disagree that we're awful. Here's, here, But you just answered it, though, because <laughs> here's the funny part. I was playing with three other guys this this last week, and it was, uh, well, I, I won't go into names and everything just because nobody knows these people, but there were three, there were four of us playing and we were winning games like crazy, man, because mm-hmm. what were we doing? Teamwork, communication, and we were picking characters that complemented each other. So there's the strategy, right? So the strategy, for example, we have this little thing right. called mobile command where the Chester will, will be the guy that, that, you know, puts up the shields and I'll be the, the tank that has to plant, you know, you, cause you can't move once you're in Gatling gun mode, you know? And so I'm sitting there just mowing people down and he's shielding me. And then we've got somebody else healing. Well, that's a strategy. There's more to it, right. but that's a basic strategy that, you know, without a shield, the tank that plants itself and can't move just is a sitting duck. So there's nothing you can do, right? The DPS yeah. that plants itself and yeah, so blows everything down. Yeah. Part of it, it is strategy. Part of it is communication. Part of it is working together and teaming up. And then part of it is just enjoying the game and doing the best and just keep improving. The problem right. we run into is the Wednesday night is that some of the guys we play <laughs> with don't communicate and don't really team up together. They just kind of do whatever they want to do. <laughs> and so yeah, and some that's of part us, of the problem, but it's for fun. some of us. And I'm, I'm pointing at myself right now. You can't see it. Some <laughs> of us just don't care enough well, exactly. to try that hard. <laughs> no, and, and that's the whole point is that we're not the people that play 12 plus hours a day every day. We, we play once yeah. a week and we're doing it because it's just fun. Exactly. I play for the fun of it, period. I'm, I'm not a competitive person at all. Sure. I feel bad for Eric and, and you know, my, my best friend and other people in the group who are much more competitive. I feel bad for them because if they're not in the best mood, they're going to get upset at us because we just don't take it that seriously. So, okay. Yeah. But, but see, that's a good point, right? Some people take things too seriously and we're going to have fun. So there's expectations, but I, I agree with just have fun, have a good time. Don't take it too seriously. Anyway, it's gaming. It's totally optional, you know? Yeah. But going back to what I was saying is that if we communicate, if we pick basically the players in the game that complement each other, and if we work together as a team, then we're actually going to do pretty dang well, regardless of whether we win or not, we're going to do well. And again, this goes back to the quote lesson of teamwork, communication, a little bit of strategy, playing together and having a good time anyway. Yeah. But the reason I think we suck sometimes is because we're not communicating and we're not playing as a team, which that's a life lesson for all of us, you know? Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Interesting thoughts that, you know, it's like you observe these things and you go, huh, <laughs> isn't this funny? But I'm, I mean, I'm a huge balance person too. Cause I think you got to have all those things. And well, of course that strategy is essential to success at, so many games. Anything. There are some games out there that where you just, you can just kind of float through and, don't have to really care that much about how you do it. It's just kind of a, a mind trip or whatever, but yeah, the Diablo in any, yeah, in any competitive (laughs) base and even that has some strategy, but any competitive game strategy is very important and practice is even more important. Yep. So, and that's the thing we haven't figured out about apex yet is the strategy because we don't last long enough to understand it yet. And that's something hopefully we'll learn or we won't. We'll play something else. Who knows? Right. Speaking of actually being better at games, is to have a really high refresh rate on your monitor so that you actually <laughs> don't get shot a split second before you're actually seeing it. <laughs> but Wait, I thought that was the internet. Well, that's part of it. So there's internet. <laughs> that's your latency. Yeah, if, you're, if your internet is slower and you, somebody can shoot you before it actually happens on your screen, in which case, you know, you're always going to be bad at, an, as a, at a first-person shooter. You're going to be terrible if you have slow internet. Second of mm-hmm. all, your computer speed, power, that's going to mess your FPS game up. Your graphics card is going to mess your FPS game up and right. your monitor. If you have a slower refresh rate, someone with a 120 to 240 Hertz refresh rate is going to be able to kill you faster. Hmm. Then you're going to be able to see so it. My, so my eternal 60 Hertz monitors are hurting me. Even though 60 is fine for gaming. If you're going to be doing levels of gaming on Overwatch and Apex, you need like 100 100 and up. Let's put it that way. I didn't know that. I should have known that, but I didn't. So this is interesting because this really has nothing to do with gaming, but it kind of ties in nicely because it actually does affect gaming. But with this whole construction and everything that's been going on, you know, I am not working at home. I'm recording 
in the studio right now, but I cannot work from here most of the time because it's just too loud and I can't hear what's going on. So I'm on my laptop, which is fine, but I'm used to a larger screen. And when I'm editing, I want the size, you know, for ergonomic reasons and eye strain and everything else. But I'm used to a 2K resolution rather than a 1080p. I I want that 2K resolution, you know, the 1440p thing. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, with utilizing editing software and other things like that, I can see all the tracks better this way rather than if I'm on a 1080p, I'm scrolling constantly. And so my editing time double or triples if I'm using a smaller resolution. So I tried hooking it up to my TV. And of course, the only thing I could get was 1080p with a 60 FPS, basically the frames per second, which is a 60 Hertz thing versus if I go to a 2k, I was, I was getting 24. And so the, you know, you'd move the mouse and then like a half a second later it would move. Oh yeah. And you're just like, I can't, I can't work like this. This is ridiculous. So then I'm thinking like, okay, I got to get a monitor. This is kind of ridiculous. I need a monitor, but I got to get a monitor that has, you know, at least a 60 Hertz or higher with a 2k resolution. You mean 120 hertz? Well, for editing, I need 60 or higher. Oh, okay. That's easy. For gaming, 100 or higher. Well, at 2K, you'd be surprised. At 2K, getting a 60 hertz or higher is a little bit more complicated. But Mm. regardless, that's the monitor situation. The more I get into this monitor situation, though, I'm looking into the HDMI cables. Okay, well, I got to get HDMI cables. Well, the monitor is pretty straightforward. The HDMI stuff, not straightforward. (laughs) You think I'm just going to plug an HDMI cable in and I'm going to have whatever I need, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. There's HDMI 1.4, which is older and only transmits about 10 gigabits per second. Then there's the HDMI 2.0, which is uh, up to 18 gigabits per second. And then there's the HDMI 2.1, which I think is like 48 or something like that. Anyway, the point being is there's that. All right. Then whatever monitor and or TV you're using there's the, well, what is the resolution and the Hertz? What, what can it support? What is that resolution? What's that resolution? Yeah. Well, What's no. the resolution? You, you got to talk about that wondered. resolution. So yeah. What kind of resolution you going to get <laughs> and uh, what the Hertz can it support? So there's that. Well then get this. What about HDR? Does your monitor support HDR? Oh yes. Does your computer graphics card, does it support HDR? Does it support 2k with the uh, 120 Hertz or, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to look at all those things, right? Well then is the HDMI port on your TV 2.0 is the HDMI port on your computer 2.0, or do you have a uh. display port? I mean, right now I've lost probably 80% of our listeners, right? Yeah. You've lost me at this point. I have no idea what you're talking I about. I lost myself at this point. <laughs> well, then I'm like, what? I'm researching this stuff and I'm not kidding. I would say everybody had a different answer online. Huh. And usually I find a pretty good consensus as far as like, this is really what you should do. Yeah. I, what I quickly realized is that probably 95 to 99% of people online, even on the quote, so-called expert sites have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to HDMI. The it, point being the technology is overcomplicated. So why is it there? I don't think it's overcomplicated as much as people are not They're not, they don't have the right information. So one of the things I realized is that I wanted to run a 50 foot HDMI cable so that I don't have cables running literally across, you know, the room and you're having to trip over them or step over them or under them or whatever. Well, here's the thing. If you have a 21 foot or longer HDMI cable, you cannot get 4k 60 Hertz resolution, 60 FPS, meaning that you cannot also get the 2k at the hundred or 120 anything oh, over 20 the length feet. of the cable. Yeah, it degrades. So yeah. they say, well, I'm like, what about HDR? Well, you can't have HDR over 12 feet. So you have to have a 12 foot or shorter cable. And I'm like, well, this box right here with this 17 foot cable says HDR. And they said, well, that's a lie. Like, well, why are they advertising it? Uh, well, because they false advertise. Well, but <laughs> how do they get away? You're not allowed to do that. So, oh yes, they are. Well, they can get sued badly for this kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm thinking uh, like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go test it. So I take it home and it's a 16.7 foot. I plug it in and I'm like, can I get HDR or not? It works fine. HDR uh, is just fine. Now this is on the Xbox, by the way. I'm not testing this on the computer because I don't have HDR with my computer, but this is with the Xbox one X, which is an HDR. It's uh-huh. Rob dogs, by the way. So, 
I'm like, well, how come I get HDR? Well, then the question is, well, is that true HDR or is it an HDR like, you know, simulation or something? I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know all this. That's like, holy <laughs> crap, this is ridiculous. So moral of this story is, you know, a lot less about your HDMI than you probably thought you did. <laughs> or those of you who've got it to work just are happy that it works. Hopefully. Well, I, but how many of us are actually getting true 4K definition with HDR? We think we are. We've probably spent a lot of money on it. We probably aren't. And it is not cheap, by the way. You buy a cheap HDMI cable, you're not going to get at all what your TV can probably handle. So, I mean, when you're talking a 16 to 20 foot cable, you're spending a hundred bucks. It's ridiculous. So anyway, all this to be said, (laughs) I'm not happy about HDMI right now. I'm yeah. So I'm to the point now where I can get my laptop working on 2K resolution with 60 hertz, which means I can actually work again, which is fantastic because my iMac, it's an old, almost six year old iMac. It's a 2K resolution with 60 Hertz or so. And it's just the most beautiful screens ever. And you know, most PC screens don't even come close to a Mac screen. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a unbelievable, unbelievable. When you get, you know, displaced, things change (laughs) a lot, but I've learned a lot of things about HDMI that I never wanted to learn. And oh my, well, I I would feel lucky that that is a problem. Yeah, exactly. This is a first (laughs) world problem. This is really not a big deal at all. It's just very interesting to me how ridiculously complicated this stuff is and how most people really don't know about this. Now, granted, I'm betting Lord Thunder and Mike, you you guys probably know all about this, but most people really don't. Don't get him going. <laughs> well, I think we need to get Lord or Thunder. Or do. And, get him on here and get him going. I'm thinking get, them we should, both, get them both going. Let's do it. Let's do like a <laughs> tech. What if we had an episode or even a new podcast that was like tech and gaming reviews? And so anybody that's like, well, I don't know how to do my HDMI. Tune in. We've got our two experts to tell you the truths <laughs> behind all of this. This is important stuff, make man. Make it so. Yeah, make it so. Number one. <laughs> okay. Really quickly, uh, a couple of updates here. On some TV show stuff. I mentioned Doom Patrol. Have you started watching that? No, but I'm still watching Discovery and it's still awesome. Still awesome. Okay, good. I haven't watched any new Orville yet. I'll be doing that here soon. So I just, I've been a little behind because we've been watching March Madness mostly. Right. Doom Patrol. I did watch, I think, two more episodes of that since I've last reviewed it. It's starting to get kind of weird. So I don't know where it's going to go, but it's a very Mm -hmm. bizarre show, but it's still good and interesting. Where I'm excited, though, is Cobra Kai season two is coming. Very soon this year, the trailer is awesome. They have this amazing artist do the most incredible cover of Cruel Summer by Bananarama, but it's not available to purchase or listen to except on the trailer. So go listen to the trailer. You'll hear it. It's haunting. It's so cool. Cool. I will. And then I still have to see the rest of season one. I'd love to, but it's not on Netflix yet. So and it may never be. Yeah, it's a YouTube thing. It's a great, oh, well. great show, though. Very exciting. Now, The Flash recommended The Rookie, which is the new show with Nathan Fillion. Like, it's actually oh, season one it. is airing right now. So I decided to check it out. And oh, my great. Recommendation. Oh, my Nathan Fillion. Oh, oh my. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Tight Pants returns. Now, uh yeah. What's, what's what's the premise behind the rookie? So he is a 40 year old who basically goes through a pretty sad, you know, like, like traumatic divorce, got laid off from construction. He was in a construction job and uh, decides that he wants to go and become a cop. So he's a 40 hmm. year old rookie cop and where everyone else is, you know, in their twenties. Right. And so everyone's kind of giving him crap. Like, you know, we don't want you here because we don't need a, a cop that's, you know, having a midlife crisis We need cops who are, you know, going to do their thing. And also like they're saying that the older you are, the harder you are to train, which can become a problem, you know, when you're getting your partners back, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, his journey as a rookie cop, I heard about it. And like I said, Martin recommended it. And then I was like, I'll go check it out. Oh, wow. I mean, not everyone's going to like it. It's I'm not into those crime shows as much. This is very different in my opinion. It has that firefly comedy because it's Nathan Fillion. But it's good. It's a really well done show. They've done a really good job of balancing, you know, the like relationship drama kind of stuff with 
and by drama, I don't mean like uh drama. I mean, you know, it's just, it's drama. It's relationships. They've been, what network shows it? I don't know. I watch it on YouTube TV. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's a network. I don't know which one. Oh, it's, it's a network show that you can watch on YouTube. Yeah. Well, YouTube TV, okay. TV, right. which is, the, yeah. So anyway, all of that to be said, great show, good balance between that and action and just good. Like you really care about the characters. I mean, there's a great example of great acting and great chemistry right there. So I'm, I'm very impressed with it so far. Cool. And it seems to be a clean show. There are some scenes that are like, you know, if you're not into those kind of cop things, cause you know, cops see sad things and you know, horrific things at times. Pretty. They don't show a lot of it. They don't show hardly any of it, but if you're even remotely sensitive or squeamish around that, you might not like it for that reason. But other than that, it's a clean show, which I appreciate too. Hmm. So thanks for the recommendation flash. Thanks flash flash. Hey, speaking of flash, I've got a song here called ash. <laughs> not kidding. Actually, um, <laughs> there, I've got a lot of new ash. music, dude. I've been going crazy with adding new stuff recently just cause I hadn't for a while. And so check it out. The real Brian's gloriousness Spotify mix. I think I added like 20 new songs or something, 25 or something like that. But there is a song by Demon Hunter called Ash. They actually came out with two albums at the same time. One's called War and one's called Peace, which I thought was interesting. The war, these guys are a rock band. Their war album is like thrash, hardcore, screamo metal. And I'm not into that typically. But for whatever reason, this song Ash really pumps me up and it's so good. But it's like nonstop screaming. And I'm like, okay. why do I like this? I usually can't stand this music, but for whatever reason, it's just so good. Well, their peace oh. album is like almost a lot of ballads. It's him just singing very beautiful stuff. And I want to know the story behind it because I haven't even looked into the story yet, but I have a feeling that the whole war piece, there's a big story that arcs, you know, with the whole album or both albums, but it's really fun. So, uh, and then I mentioned the Cobra Kai the version of cruel summer since it's not available. I went looking for, you know, a backup version and it's by Daniel leaped L I E B T. However you pronounce that leaped. He leaped off the, I don't know, Daniel. Anyway, it's, it's so. a beautiful version as well. A couple of other ones. I mentioned machine heart recently. Their song alter is really good. Also off the recent album Tadashi and Crowder do a song called home. That's really good. Social club misfits. K loke. If you like some, uh, you know, Latino, music some good stuff i mean you talk, i'm all over the place here dude you are all over the place yeah and tadashi and crowder's like rap it's great dude then i've got a sophie tuker which is like this melodic beautiful ethereal sound i liked her song benadryl it's on my list fantasy <laughs> i know seriously you liked her song benadryl while you were on benadryl <laughs> no not me though i don't take benadryl but yeah fantasy is right. the new one dude sh- when you have a stuffy nose i mean come on stuffy nose gotta have Actually, you know, Benadryl doesn't work. I tried it for allergies last year. It made me feel really weird. And I tried it again. Huh. It made me feel really weird. I'm like, screw that. I'm not going to take it. So I just don't take drugs, man. Say no to All drugs, right. dude. Come on. All right, Nancy. What's next? So, what's uh, next? Song? Fantasy. Yeah, fantasy is the name <laughs> of this one. Uh-huh. And then Scott Stapp. You remember Creed, right? The band Creed. I don't like Creed. Well, fine. <laughs> Jerk. Go ahead. This is the I'm lead just- singer of Creed has an album out brand new. This one's called Purpose for Pain. Also good quality rock. So I've given you uh, Screamo Metal. I've given you a beautiful version of an 80s song. I've given you a rap song. I've given you a uh, pop kind of alternative song. I've given you a Latino song. I've given you a... Uh, <laughs> I'm all over the place. An ex-Christian rock song. <laughs> it's funny. Well, I don't think Creed was Christian, but I think Scott might be now. I thought they were. I thought they were a Christian band. No, everybody thought they were. That's, and why, they you, were, they that's were, why you could buy a shirt that says even Jesus hates Creed. You can buy a t-shirt that says that. Oh, no, they were never a quote Christian <laughs> band. They were a band that was like exploring Christian roots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Check it out. Good music. Good times. The other thing I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this, but then, you know, you can leave us with something which is very important, but I'm going to leave you with something that is so glorious that like, I don't think I just need to take a moment of silence here. This, this, hold on just moment of silence, please. Okay. So I went to Starbucks and I wanted something different. Usually I just do like a, a two shots of espresso with a little cream in it, you know, or a, a black coffee. I go in there and I'm like, what's up with this whole cloud macchiato stuff? You know, they're advertising that right now. 
And they're like, oh my gosh. So the barista that I was talking to, she's like, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm very much like she's four shots of espresso over ice with a little cream. That's it. Mm. And I'm like, beautiful. That's, that's really good, by the way. She's like, I'm not into the sweet drinks either, but this one will change your life. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, tell me about it. So it's, you know, the typical macchiato they do, which is the sweetened one, not a traditional macchiato, but well, I get it with whole milk personally. Cause I like that better than 2%, but they take the whole milk and they <laughs> sweeten it a teeny bit with something. I'm not even really sure what the sweet, what the sweet aspect is. And then they basically foam it up. So it's super thick and foamy and everything else. And they pour that into your cup. And then of course they put a teeny bit of caramel in your cup as well like the actual caramel drizzle. And then they put, you know, your, your two shots of espresso or four shots or whatever you get. Um, yeah. With a little bit of ice, that's it. But the foam rises to the top. And so when you're drinking that foam, I mean, it is a beautiful experience. I can't even really explain it. Foam mustache. Yeah. And then you walk up to somebody (laughs) and smile at them creepily. And they're just like, um, nine one one, please help someone. And you're like, attention marketers. I got a cold foam here. Yeah. Sounds like a good Super Bowl uh <laughs> Super Bowl commercial for next year. Club macchiato. Some dude with a macchiato mustache talking to people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your days as a player. <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah. It's good, dude. It's amazing. So, so the cool part your life? it will. It did. It changed my life. I mean, it was like this sweet, like glorious. I felt like I was floating in the clouds, you know, drinking this thing. It was this sweet like nectar of the gods kind of thing. And then as it gets Uh. down a little bit more, it's a little less sweet and it's not that sweet by the way, but it gets less sweet. And then you get more into the espresso flavor. You can mix it up a little. And then it's hard and bitter for the last few swallows. That's right. Hot except with ice. I will say one thing though. And you guys know my opinion on this is that Starbucks is fine, but they don't have the highest quality coffee in the world. So this Paired with like a Harbinger espresso shot, for example, or a couple, mm-hmm. that would be the best thing ever. But Starbucks came up with it. So booyah. It's really fun. Go get yourself Ooh. one. Just go do it. I almost want to. And the caramel one, by the way, don't get the. So she said they have a cinnamon one is what they call it. It's like the, the cinnamon cloud macchiato. And then there's the cloud macchiato with caramel. Get the caramel one. The, the cinnamon one, I guess, is like and she, she let us smell the syrup that they use. It's a cinnamon lemon. And it smells like pledge. It, oh no, no, no more! We do not want not, lemon pledge in our cinnamon, in cinnamon, our cinnamon pledge, cloud no. mark. No, 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 it was bad. No, in fact, <laughs> even I, who want more lemon pledge, <laughs> was throwing. As soon as up. you said pledge, all the all the <laughs> listeners went face palm. <laughs> it, it smells terrible though. And she was like, I don't know what was wrong with these people when they come up with this. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't smell good. So cinnamon, not so much unless you like uh. putting pledge in. you want pledge in your coffee, then good. Get the caramel. Are you going to go good rush round. out right now and get yourself one? No, it's a little too late for me to be, to be drinking any caffeine. So the answer was uh, supposed maybe to be on yes, Saturday morning. Yes. Okay. Saturday morning. It is. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I would love it. It'll be fantastic. And then after that, you can tell us about your days as a player or a player. You know, if I do, if I do go get that, it might inspire certain thoughts. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. You ever wonder if pirates really said things like yar and ahoy landlubbers? I think I would have had a hard time taking them very seriously if I had lived back then. Unless, of course, I encountered a pirate that had a hook for a hand. That dude could say whatever the heck he wants. I would be so honored right now if I had a pirate for a friend. You don't have a pirate for a friend? Well, I am a pirate, but I don't have a pirate for a friend, though. (laughs) But I will say this much. Please, please join. You choose the Facebook group, the Slack group. We actually have a Discord, by the way, which... A lot of people don't know Discord. I know it's tri- you know traditionally for gamers and stuff like that. But Discord is like, uh, to me, I'm looking at Discord now as like the ultimate social media right now. Regardless yeah, yeah. of whether you're a gamer or not. You have the chat. There's like a, a chat thing on Discord. It's chat channel essentially. So you can go in there and you know, you, you throw something up on the chat channel. Everybody sees it. Or you can direct message somebody just like every other social media. 
the way that Captain Influence and I record these shows, we jump into the voice channel, which can have unlimited amount of people talking at the same time on the voice channel, or you can direct call someone or you can direct video call someone. So it's to me, it's like the perfect social media platform right now. And so, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you to go check discord out discord, just discord, just Google it, look it up, download it. They've got a web client. They've got a mobile client. They've got a actual like application for your computer. Check it out. And if that's free, yeah, it's free by the way, set up an account, look around, see if you like it. If you like it, I'm going to put the link to our discord server in the show notes. It will be an a non-expiring link. I'm going to have to invite you. Well, you'll, you'll go through the invite and then I'll have to give you all the permissions and everything like that. But let me know if that's something, um, if you like discord and you're into it, then let's do it because it's such a great channel to do it with. It's so much fun, but yeah, our Slack channel is an option too. If you just want to get in and just text each other on Slack, that's it, it's so everybody sees it. That's the thing. If you have your notifications on, by the way, if you don't have your notifications on, you're not going to see a thing. <laughs> Almost every Friday and Saturday night, uh, a few of us from the TRBS community hang out for a few hours. What you'd say around between nine and ten Mountain Standard, yeah, until maybe midnight Mountain Standard or eleven Mountain Standard, something like that. Well, it depends on who's so, on. Sometimes people are on around eight or eight thirty Mountain Time, or up as late as you know Friday, Saturday night, one o'clock Mountain Time. So we're there for a while. I mean, there's all, there's usually someone that's there within that time period. I know you're not there for the entire time. So yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's a great place Come to just hang, go out, and hang out anytime. I mean, it can be during the day too. If you just want to get on a chat and throw things up, we'll all see it and you know, we can have a good time, but yeah, discord, check it out. Slack, please join the channel. I mean, I, I love posting stuff on, on Facebook where, you know, I feel like a lot of people are, but Facebook's algorithms have been burying posts, even in the Facebook groups lately. Not everyone's seeing them. I, I can't tell you how many times I say, hey, did you see the post? They're like, nope. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I really just freaking join Slack and Discord because you're going to be there. You're going to see everything. It's great. I also do have an Instagram. You can join me if you want. It's just at Real Brian Show. Testing out Instagram. I am posting some pictures up and stuff there. You know, if you're on Instagram, come join okay. me. Come join me. Follow me. I'll follow you back. It'll be great. Um, Post some cat pictures. Yeah, exactly. You could do that. But then, of course, there's a typical Facebook, Twitter, stuff like that. And I honestly, at this point, I'm testing all the platforms out to see where are people mostly engaging. And that's probably eventually where I'm going to spend most of my time because engagement to me, as I've said a thousand times before, that's the most important thing. I want to interact with you, have conversations, hang out all week long rather than just on Fridays. So. And I just want to my closing comment is I want to thank Cole uh, for his cat pictures on yes. our Slack group. Mr. Non-Renewable, great. everyone's favorite fossil fuel. He didn't overdo them. Uh, he only posted two and they were fantastic. So they, good job. They're really clever pictures. I was actually like, <laughs> these are fantastic cat pictures. I don't think I've ever seen one like that. <laughs> and and for those of you who are like, uh, cat pictures, whoa, whoa. I'm not even a cat person. Two, and I'm saying these are the cool. first two I've ever seen on our Slack group. So yeah, yeah. Come join. You'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> All it's right. not a cat club. If you need links, in the show notes, realbryanshow.com slash 155. The links will be there. But otherwise, hey, and by the way, we've we've been talking about this. We want to do a full review on Captain Marvel. We're working on that, talking about the interviews, talking about some other things, and also talking about adding a YouTube channel at some point here in the very near future. So part of it's me getting through my personal stuff here, you know, with, with all the construction and everything. And part of it is just logistics. So stay tuned for all that stuff. It's coming. But thanks for listening. And you know what the music means? Ooh. Our, our time's up. That's what it means. Our time is I up. Chills. I get chills. <laughs> <laughs> right, and well, then I break down and cry for 10 hours. I cry for like 15 minutes on my huge pillow. All right. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a glorious week. Captain Influence. We're signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.